0: Well, praise the Lord, and welcome to New Life This Morning. I'm Pastor David Kufall, and New Life is located at 1021 South Center Street. And I know I've been promising you a great intro, but that's going to come, hopefully soon. And so, praise the Lord. Um, Hopefully, we're not waiting until October 16th. So, praise the Lord. why do I mention October 16th? Because we're going to ha- celebrate our anniversary of our church that day. And you're going to want to be here with us. Um, we're going to be having um, Bishop Carey here, Mark Carey, and our new regional um, administrative bishop. And his wife, Wanda, is coming with him. Sister Wanda will be here. And uh, you're going to want to come for that. And we're going to be celebrating our... Anniversary. I'm not exactly sure what we're eating. I know, I don't think it's going to be turkey in October. It's probably going to be pheasant. And so um, I have no idea. It could even be, um, I don't know. Somebody was saying maybe we should have lasagna. Ooh. And so um, praise lasagna and garlic bread, a good salad. And then uh, we'll make Hal make some pies. He's got a full kitchen there in his apartment, did you know that? And uh, um, God is so good, amen? And so we're going to have that. Also this week, Awana starts. And if you haven't gotten your kids signed up for Awana, and that reminds me, everybody who has, um, Corey, Everybody who's signed up for Awana, will you please send them a um, welcome message for this week before Wednesday and remind them they've done that. Um, and so, and if you haven't signed your child up for Awana yet, what are you waiting for? Um, get them pre-registered so you don't have to do it that day. Amen. And so that will be good. Uh, we are going to be looking at: Do you want to be effective? Do you want to be effective? That's my message for today. And um, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians 5, and we're going to be looking at several different verses. But uh, we're going to get right into the Word this morning, since I took all that time to do all those introductions, um, and um, all those upcoming events that are happening here at New Life. I'll tell you what, I, I... I wouldn't miss church for nothing you know how one of the ways you can be effective is let your neighbors see you getting into the car and going to church on Sunday mornings you know they if they start seeing huh why is that so important to them maybe they'll ask you and then you can share the good news of what Jesus has done for you and why you go to church and that would help them to see that they they have a need too the pandemic did a bad thing for a lot of people got them used to not going to church it's time to get back into the house of god amen the bible says in hebrews do not neglect the gathering of yourselves together especially now i'm putting especially in there as you see the day approaching what are they talking about the day of the lord what is the day of the lord Jesus' second coming My word, this world is such a mess. Don't you think we need to go to church and praise the Lord? Don't you think that we need one another? Don't you think we need to build one another up? That's why we need to go to church. We need fellowship. We need each other. I mean, this culture is hard on us. And uh, praise God. And uh, don't let the culture get to you. Um, God is bigger than the culture. God is bigger than the mess that we see each day on TV. But do you want to be effective? That's my question. Effective, what do you mean? Or do you want to be effective for the Lord? Do you want to be effective in life? Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. Oops. Verse 20 and 21. Now then... We are ambassadors for Christ. And so God were pleading through us. Hmm. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we want to be effective in this culture we live in. We've got to be effective, Lord. We've got too many friends who don't know You. We've got family members who are lost without You. Lord, help us to be effective for You. And in turn, our lives will be effective in this world. Lord, let us not just be here one day and gone the next. But let us make a difference in this world. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know that we are ambassadors for Christ? Hmm? Did you know that? This week the world lost one of the greatest ambassadors the world has ever known. For 70 years, Queen Elizabeth II was the United Kingdom's number one ambassador to the world. She also ruled over many, many, as the head of state, many countries, including the country to the north of us, Canada. Canada just got themselves a king this week. She was an ambassador. She made a difference in this world. And, and yet, and people didn't know where she stood on politics. But you know that she was quoted as saying this. She wishes that Jesus would come today she was, while she was still alive. She says, I wish that Jesus would come today. And somebody said, why, your majesty? She says, because then I could lay my crown at his feet. She believed in the second coming of Jesus Christ. Billy Graham had testified many times that the Queen knew Jesus as her Savior. And she, in all of her public addresses, would always quote the Bible. We lost another great lady Great person this week. But now she's gone to her eternal reward. As her son so eloquently said, the angels carried her to her reward. Hmm. We don't have a king. Well, actually, we do. Did you know that everybody sitting here who votes. It's an important part of it. Did you know that everybody who is sitting here in this room who actually goes to the voting booth, did you know you're the kings and queens of this nation? It's one of the reasons we don't have a king. Because the people were supposed to be the king. But then we also had it up in this country. The only king we have is the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know what it would be like to have a sovereign like Charles the Third. I have no idea what that'd be like. We've always had presidents. You know, we've had good presidents, we've had bad presidents, we've had goofy presidents. We, <laughs> we've had all sorts of types of presidents, but we've always had, and we've known that we can get through any presidencies because they only last for four years unless they've done a good job, and we put them back in office for another four. The only president we ever came close, well, we had two presidents that ever came close to being dictators, Abraham Lincoln and FDR. The only two. And that's why they went did term limits on presidents because of FDR. And uh, Abraham Lincoln probably could have had a third term if he had lived. Um, but he was actually kind of looking forward to the day. He didn't have to be president anymore. In fact, when he was, they were in Ford's theater, he leaned over to Mary Todd, Lincoln, his wife, and he whispered in his ear, wouldn't it be nice when this is all done, meaning his presidency, we could take a trip and go travel and see Jerusalem. And it was that night he died and was able to go see the new Jerusalem that's waiting for us in heaven. Isn't that a shame they don't teach that in school anymore? because they don't teach history anymore. How our faith in Jesus Christ and in the Word of God has formed our nation. Not every one of the presidents were what we would call Christians, but they always knew there was something special about the Word of God, and they always went ahead and gave God his place in the nation. Now they like to remove him God chose you and I to be his ambassadors. With all of our flaws, you know what I'm talking about. You look in the mirror every morning. With all of our flaws, God chose you and I to be ambassadors. Think about that. Which means we are to represent Christ in the world. If we would represent Christ in the world, our life would be effective. Because people would see something. Uh, Look here. We are ambassadors for Christ, the word says in verse 20, as though God were pleading through us. Are you living your life that it looks as though God is pleading through you to others? Hmm. The hour is getting short. We need to start acting like evangelists. I know Jesus said, I'm coming back for a remnant. But should our remnant look like this? We got a room that we could fill up. There are kids out there who need Jesus Christ. We need to reach them. We need to get them here. Eve, when you're at school, you need to be inviting your friends to Awana. And Sunday school. You gotta do it. Bodhi invites everybody that goes to his school. Of course, he has an easier time, doesn't he, Eve? We are to represent Jesus in the world. I mean, listen, God made Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might have the righteousness of of God in him. Think about that i got some questions I'm going to ask throughout this sermon today. And my first question I'm going to ask to you is if we're going to be effective, you've got to answer this question. What part of holiness, and you folks who grew up Nazarene, you know what that word means. What part of holiness plays a part in your life? Those who grew up in the church of God understand what that word means. It's not a bunch of rules because that's just a whole mess. But holiness. What part of holiness plays a part in your life? Think about that. Look at the cross. What did Christ do for you? For God the Father made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. So God trusts us. But how is it going? Do we put Him first? It helps if we are in the Word and praying and listening to the Holy Spirit and and, and do as the song says, I surrender all. But do we live as though we are trying to live holy lives before our God? Are we putting Him first and our desires second? Because if we would put God first, our desires would then line up with His desires for our life. You see, He wants to bless you and prosper you and do good for you and have you have a life that counts for something. Are you starting to see the picture? You see, in the culture we live in so long and how how the schools have shaped our minds is that we need to please ourselves. I, I, I'm getting to the point where I can't stand it anymore when I hear these parents say, I just want you to be happy. How can a person be happy if they're outside of Christ? How can a person be happy if they're disobeying God? Look at poor Saul. He started out good, King Saul, right? He had everything going for him. He was that most handsome man in all of the kingdom. The tallest man in all the kingdom. And God looked at him and said, I'm going to make you king. I don't want to be king, but I'm making you king. Okay, I'll be king. And Saul forgot to put God first. He was a true politician. My word, Saul and Bill Clinton were cut out of the same cloth. Bill Clinton was more concerned about what polls said than actually just doing what was right. If he would have gone ahead and put God... And, 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 I, and here's, the, here's the thing about Bill. You've got to love him. I mean, we've had a couple of presidents that made you miss Bill, right? And, and, and the thing about Bill, he was discipled wrong. He wasn't taught to put God first. He wasn't taught the very word of God, what the word of God has to say. And that's why Bill Clinton holds to some of the ideas that he has. He got saved when he was a teenager. And then his pastor turned out to be a liberal pastor, who's no longer in that denomination, by the way. And so, and Bill wanted to know about Jesus so much, he would get together with that pastor one-on-one, and he was taught wrong. See, that's why you need to make sure you're in a church that's teaching the Word of God. But he put people over God. God has to come first, and then you'll do right, and the people will be blessed. The difference between Bill Clinton and King, I mean, King Saul and King David, was that David put God first. And he went down as the greatest king Israel ever had. I mean, it was the golden age between him and Solomon. It was a golden age for Israel. Never time like it on earth for, for the, Israel, the country of Israel. But David always put God first. In fact, when he went into battle, he, always made, he made sure that God was in the battle plans. And you know, back then, they didn't have satellites like we have today. You know what makes what the American army so dangerous? Is that we can peer down from the sky and see the movement of the enemy. We've, got to, we've gotten too reliant on that. But we, we, we can do that. King David had that with God. The, one of his first battles that we read on, when he became king, he was going against the Philistines. And he got to get alone with God, and God says, "Now this is what you're going to do: put your, spread out the army here and over there, and there, and then, when you hear the tree, the mulberry trees, the, the 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 sound of their leaves, that's when you attack." And so he told his generals, "This is what we're going to do: and when you hear that sound, that's because God was wa- looking down from above, and he could see exactly where the enemy was." put the troops where they needed to be and gave them their signal. Well, you talk about having GPS. And, and they didn't have, they, they couldn't get out their cell phone and talk to each other, could they? But God gave them the signal and they won the day. You know, when we put God first in all areas, all of a sudden we're going to see that our life has purpose and meaning. When did David get in trouble? When did King David get in trouble? When he put his own desires above first. Right? Um, it was time for the king to go to war, and what did David do? He stayed home. In fact, and part of it was his generals. The king, we don't need you to go out with us anymore. Uh, we gotta keep you safe. You stay home this year. You, you've worked really, really hard. We'll go do the battles for you. Okay, David agreed. He stayed home. And what happened? Well, he wanted to stretch his legs, so he gotta he's walking around the top of the palace, right? Walking along, and what does he do? He let his desire get him carry him away. He looks down from the top of his palace walls. And he sees this gorgeous woman taking a bath on a roof. Nobody could see her, her neighbors couldn't see her, nobody could see her from the streets. She was she thought she was was okay. She forgot. But the king should be gone. Nobody should be there at the palace, and she's taking a bath, and he looks down and he sees her. and he puts his desire. And you know the worst part of it, her husband Uriah is mentioned as one of the mighty men of Israel another problem was Uriah was one of his friends Do you think maybe he would have gone to Uriah's wedding and known who she was he put his desire before God and it caused a lot of problems in the family even though when he even though when he married bathsheba solomon would become king it caused so many problems in the family because it was not done in secret god knew let's go to second corinthians 5:17 Let's look at the C's there. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new what? Creation. Old things have... This is what happens when you get saved. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have begun become new. You see, we're supposed to live as though we are born again. God says we become a new creation. We became a new creation when we were saved. Those old things have passed away. We don't act like that anymore. Behold, all things have become new. So we start judging things through the Scripture and through that newness of life, not through our old way. If you're still dragging around the old... See, we're going to be doing a baptism today. This is going to be cool. Today, Jeremy gets baptized. Yay! And the cool thing is, Jeremy got born again this year. Wonderfully. And and you can see his desire to live for Jesus. Today, we're going to bury the old Jeremy. Well, read Romans chapter 6. We're going to bury the old Jeremy today in water baptism. Because when he gets baptized, he's going to identify with Jesus Christ completely. His death, his burial, and his resurrection. So when we go ahead, and because we believe in immersion here, because that's what baptism means, to immerse. When we immerse Jeremy today, it's like we're burying the old person he used to be. Because he's brand new. He's a new model. He's been born again. He's gotten a second lease of life. I'm so glad that God is a God of second chances and thirds and fourths and fifths and you know what I mean. And we're going to bury him in baptism and Jeremy's going to let go of the old guy. And then as he comes out of the water, he's being raised to walk in the newness of life. Uh, Read chapter 6 of Romans. It's exactly what it says, does it not? The thing is, some of us when we're getting out of the water is we grab a hold of the old guy's foot and we start dragging around this corpse. (laughs) Don't do that. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. (laughs) You're no longer what you were. You are a new creation in Christ. The, The devil can no longer go ahead and beat you over the head and make you feel guilty for the past mistakes. No, I'm a new creation. Oh, my word, God has forgiven me of all that nonsense. I am so glad. I am free. I've got to ask two more questions for you then since we've been talking about all this. Is your life your own? If God saved you and you're born again, is your life your own? Because here's the question that goes with that so you can answer that question. Who do you belong to? Right? Who do you belong to will answer the question, is your life your own? Did you ever think about that? That's a pretty good thing to challenge us for. You know, I love what's happening here at New Life. I'm glad that we, 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 things have passed away. I, I'm glad certain things have happened. I'm not talking about the people. Oh, man, I would love to have them all back. Oh, oh my word. That would be so much fun. And if we're going to bring them back, then we've got to bring both Ks back. Right? And we've got to bring some, some of the guys I never got to meet but one of these days I will because I'm going to go to heaven with all of you, right? And you're going to all go to heaven with me and we're all going to be there and, and, the, and you can introduce me to the ones I didn't get to meet. Does that make, the, the, is that a good deal, right? And then, then I'll introduce you to Brother and Sister Tori and some of the folks I know. In fact, uh, Brother and Sister Tori would have fit in here really good. Oh my word, you would have had fun with those two. But if you can go ahead and answer the question, who do you belong to? Well, then you'll be able to answer, is your life your own? You know, we used to go ahead, Lord, send me wherever you want me to go, and I'll go. My word, growing up, (laughs) I never thought God would put me in Minnesota. Of course, the church is in North Dakota, but we're right on the border, and I pastored a church in six years in Minnesota. Where I grew up, the joke was that Minnesota was so backwards they didn't know where forward was. It's kind of like Minnesota with Iowa jokes. Well, where I grew up, Minnesota and Iowa were, were the same state. You know, I've come to love Minnesota. I've come to appreciate Minnesota. The reason why I love Minnesota is because of Minnesotans, and I love North Dakota, North and South Dakota, and Montana. Uh, it is a, it's a great region to live in. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could imagine living down in some parts of the South where it's so hot in the summer that you can only take off so many clothes. <laughs> At least here up north, you can, the colder it gets, you can keep adding clothes, and you're not going to get arrested, <laughs> right? I can't imagine living down in Phoenix where you, gotta tr- you start your car in the summertime just to cool it off so you can actually get in it because it's so hot. And you just let it run. Oh, let's talk about one more thing before we're done. The secret to church growth. We actually looked at this verse a couple of weeks ago, Acts 2.47. But I want you to see something. Let's look at Acts 2.47. Praising God, and this really talks about being effective. Praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Now I got my last question I'm going to ask you. No, that's not my last question. I got one more. But I want to ask a question with this. Did you see what I see? We all say, yes, Lord, add to the church daily. Yes, yes, yes. And we're we're hoping that magically people will just come to the door and come to the church. And yes, he can do that. He can draw, the Holy Spirit can draw anybody to our church and bring them in. Can you say amen to that? And God has been known to do those kind of things. That's how the rodriguez got here. They were driving around town and they saw our church sign and they were drawn here. I wish they had stayed. But did you see what I see in that verse? The Lord added to the church daily what? Those who were being saved. How, how were they being saved? Why were they being saved? Because they were praising God and having favor with the people. Wait a second. You mean they have favor of the people so they were out amongst them telling them about Jesus? And God added to the church daily those who were being saved because the ones who were saved were telling people about Jesus. And then those who got saved were telling people about Jesus. And they became... The, the, the people they were telling were getting saved, and they started telling people about you. See, that's how it works. Some of you are way too young for this one, but Marion and I were around for it. There used to be a shampoo called Prel. <laughs> the, the big thing about Prowl is, if whoops, I'm off the thing. Uh, the big thing about Prell, I don't have anybody on the camera to follow me because I'm over here. Now you can't see me. Can you see me? And, and then if I come over here, you'll say, can, I, I can say, can you see me now? Um, it's a different, we're not talking about that commercial. I, I'll make sure I don't go over there, okay? And so now you're, I'll, I'll stay in the middle here. I only got so much room to, to pace. Uh, I I used to be able to go there and over there and do those things. One of these days, I'll have more than one camera, and we'll get an HD camera, which I thought we had bought, but we didn't. And that's why I'm a little fuzzy. Now, somebody might say, you're always fuzzy, Pastor, anyway. (laughs) But there used to be a commercial called Prell. And Prell, the big thing was you could drop Prell in the shower and it wouldn't shatter and have glass all over the shower that was the big thing about prell but the thing about prell they did a commercial was is you tell somebody and they'll tell somebody and they'll tell and they they started filling up a The TV screen with all these people you're telling and all of a sudden it was like the kind of like the Brady Bunch remember the Brady Bunch with the boxes and all of a sudden there's numerous boxes with smiley happy people because their hair was clean because somebody told them about Prel and then it was your job to tell somebody about (coughs) Prel interesting you know how Fox News became the number one news organization in America they did something that was kind of brilliant, that nobody thought about doing before. CNN would have loved to have thought about this. CNBC had the guy who came up with this at one time working for them, but they wouldn't listen to him. CNBC could have been the Fox News. He quit and went over to, because Rupert Murdoch saw the guy was a genius and hired him. Uh, you don't know who, Rupert Murdoch owns Fox News and most of your newspapers, and he... He, uh, his headquarters is in London, that's why you're seeing so much coverage of Queen Elizabeth, and he's an Australian. But he's been in America for years, and he loves America. And so he started Fox News, but one of the brilliant things that they did was their morning show, and they named it Fox and Friends. Most of you don't even remember because you didn't watch the early days of Fox and Friends. The, most of you folks are young enough here to know what shock jocks were on the radio. Right? They, shock jocks were just guys who used a lot of humor on the radio. You know, you have Wolfman Jack. You know, he was the original shock jock. And, and, he, he, they were, and some of you, if you don't know who Wolf, Wolfman is, you've got to Google him. He was hysterical. Sixties guy, all the way. Anyway... Um, not as bad as Cheech and Chong, But anyway. <laughs> anyway, they started out like a shock jock news. And it was three of them. But what they did was they challenged, this is Fox and Friends, and we're trying to build our friends. So what we need you to do is you need to tell somebody about our show. And then you need to email us because texting wasn't, really around in the 90s. You need to email us and tell us that you invited people. And then we, they had contests that you could win things because you were telling people about Fox and Friends in the morning. And people and I remember I didn't even know that Fox News existed. I came to the playground early in the morning one, and the person I was working with, uh, I used to work in the public school, and, and, and I had playground duty in the morning. So I used to freeze in Minnesota, on those really, really cold days, because I had to be outside no matter what, even if the kids were inside, because I would be shooing the kids inside. And so I learned to dress really warm. And so, the person I worked with, she told me, oh, you got, and brought me a cappuccino. the First time I ever had a cappuccino. She brought me a vanilla cappuccino to tell me about Fox News. She became an evangelist for Fox and for, First- oh, you got to watch it. Edie is so funny. She is this great gal. And then they got this guy who's the weatherman. And then the other guy's the sports guy. And those two guys are still there. Edie decided she wanted to, she got m- married and wanted to have babies. And that's what she went and done. And so, but um, I didn't know about it. So I had to check it out. So I turned on Fox and Friends and I got hooked in the morning. It was a lot more fun than watching Brian Gumble. Anybody remember Brian Gumbel? You, some of you might know him from, you know, HBO or whatever he's doing today. A lot more fun. Katie Couric and all them on NBC. That, they used to be in the number one show. And now Fox is the number one news, cable news network. And here's a weird thing. Did you know the king of late night is no longer on NBC, CBS, or ABC. The king of late night starts at 10 o'clock on Fox News. They started their own, they put Gutfeld on there, the most marmy guy in America, <laughs> and he's now number one. Why? They're still building their brand. Why? They want people to talk about them. But we have a better brand. We have Jesus. If we're willing to talk about silly things like Fox News and painted nails that you do and, 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 and um, things like that, and we get all excited about them, there's nothing wrong with painted nails. <sighs> I, I heard somebody watching online going, "Woohoo!" he's... He, 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 he. <laughs> <laughs> he's legalistic like me no, um, <laughs> when I talk about holiness I'm not talking about what we wear or what our nails look like I'm talking about our heart because if our heart is right the outside of us is going to be right if we get the inside right the outside will be right I've met many people who look, look and walk and talk like a Christian but on the inside they're messed up. If we get this right on the inside, everything we will reflect Jesus Christ. And we need to do that. We need to become little evangelists in our church. I'm not talking about you getting up and preaching. Maybe God's going to call you to preach. But I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about you being a missionary overseas. But maybe God will call you to be a missionary overseas. But what I'm talking about, I'm talking about us in our daily life. Just gab up Jesus. Tell someone. If they get saved, and you encourage them to tell someone, and so on, and so on, and so on. We need, it's the only thing that's going to fix our culture. It's the only thing that's going to, I'm not talking about a political party where we vote somebody to make America great again. I'm talking about turning our nation around. Bringing them back to Jesus Christ. Bringing sanity back to our nation. Where we know what a boy is and a girl is. We get which bathroom to use. You see, we can't pick on them who think that way. If we've never talked with them, engaged with them, and told them about our Jesus and how they can be set free. Come on. If all we're doing is complaining about them and bad-mouthing them and wanting to beat them up with an ugly stick. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> as much as we want to, we, that's not going to change them. That'll just make them feel like they, they're right and we're wrong. Now we need to tell them about Jesus, how much Jesus loves them. Loves them right where they are at in their life at this moment and how he's the only one who can set them free. Just like he set us free. Come on. You see, this is the key to real church growth. Building relationships and getting people saved. Uh, You know, tiny that's... been trying to do that with people. She likes to build relationships. My word, she starts building a relationship with you and she's like that bad penny you can't get rid of. You know what? That's how somebody might think of. But you know what? She's doing what's right. She's building relationships. However, Satan would like to do is cause you to now, because I mentioned her name now, I have got to be really careful how I say this. Because I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about us now in general. Satan would love to get us to compromise somewhere in our life, so that our relationship-building skills become less effective. You get what I'm saying? Because Satan don't like you. He doesn't want you to be effective, and he doesn't want you to succeed. I mentioned time because she wants she wants to fill the church up with kids so that she can have a bunch of teens one day because that's where her heart is. Isn't that cool? And God keeps on blessing her, but Satan would want to tear her down. But the problem is, here's the thing: we who are a ministry are held to a standard in this nation that's higher than most. Others can get away with the nonsense they get away with. But those in the ministry are held to such a standard they can't. And so we don't want to embarrass Christ, so we have to hold ourselves to even a higher standard than that. Does that make sense? Come on. I'll tell you what, it never hurts to do putting God first. Actually, When you don't have to have anything to be guilty over, it makes you feel really good. We need to be bold with our witness. And if it means getting out of our comfort zone, so be it. Because maybe we're too comfortable in our comfort zone. So, I have a final question here. And I'm going to start asking it from now on. I don't think I have it up on the screen. Do I? Do I have it? Oh, cool. I did do that. Because see, it's right here for those who can't see the screen. It says, I'm going to start asking the, the question, how is that, whatever that is, going to get people saved? So whatever you come to me, pastor, I think we should do this or that. And I'm going to look at you and say, how is that going to get people saved? If we are closed closet, if we're not thinking about our clothes closet, the twice blessing closet, if we are not thinking of it as an avenue to getting people saved, if we're not thinking of it that way and we're just doing it to make ourselves feel good, we should shut it down. But if we are using it to tell people about Jesus for the possibility of getting them saved, then it's well worth it. A, a, A young man who's not quite old, they're not on Facebook anymore, so I don't know if they even have YouTube, but I'll say it anyway. One of our Supporting members who don't aren't here, but they're supporting anyway when they had the food pantry in Fargo, they would take time to sit down with everybody who came he would and how many people he led to the Lord through that ministry. It was worth breaking his back because the, were the, the Tri-city uh, ministries the building they're in, to carry all that food downstairs and then carry it all back upstairs when it was the family worship center was a lot of work. Now the family worship center is not there anymore. We have real church that's meeting over at Pastor Forrest's house. And I moved the Haitians. We moved the Haitians into the old family worship center. And uh, they're just loving life over there. And the place is just humming along. And keep Pastor Forrest in your prayer because he's replanting the church there as a new church plant. And it's coming along. And so God's been raising up people um, that he's been working with. In fact, he had one of them teaching all, um, doing the main teaching at the services all summer long to give him a little bit break Um, because church planting is not an easy thing to do especially in this culture that we live in. And so um, I keep him in your prayers. And then um, I was thinking about it today. I should get um, Pastor Jeffrey to come down from Grand Forks and tell you about his trip to Africa. And uh, it looked like he had a lot of fun going over to Africa um, with the church he used to be on staff at down in South Carolina. And uh, um, he he was smiling the whole time. And his Mom and Dad traveled over to see them, and so see him because Sarah and his daughter couldn't go with, and so it was a great time they had but let me let me ask what we are doing, what you are doing, how is that getting people saved right? I told you during Sunday school that about the church that had the um, fantasy football dinner for got together for fantasy football uh, with all the men in the church. Well, I know the pastor there. They're using fantasy football, guess what? To see if they can get men saved. To help build marriages. To help build families. To help make better fathers. Better husbands. Better servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, you, you can almost use anything. To tell people about Jesus. Amen? If we're just willing. So, nail person. Yes, as they're dangling their nails at me. You can use that to tell people about Jesus. How Jesus wants to make them really beautiful, not on the outside, but on the inside. Amen? Well, praise the Lord. We're gonna have communion this morning. my challenge for you is, How am I doing, Lord? I belong to you. Lord, I need you to use me today. And so you at home, I'm gonna or wherever you're at, you could still be on your fishing boat, it's not that cold. And uh wherever you're at. We hope that you have a wonderful day. One of the reasons you should come to church is so that you could celebrate communion with, up, with each other. It's a wonderful thing. Jesus ordained communion for us to share in his new covenant, which is founded in his blood. We'll let you go for now. I will see you um, again tomorrow on Facebook Live. And uh, if you haven't done so, um, go ahead and join us um sign up for our on YouTube if we can get enough people there we get our own channel so um sign up on YouTube and uh, the fun thing about YouTube is you can watch us uh, you can watch this service on your um, tele- your smart TV and uh, I enjoy watching back this service on my smart TV it's kind of fun to to see it on that so I'll see you guys n- tomorrow um, and uh, we hope that you'll come and join with us on Wednesday at 6. So if you haven't done it, sign up your kids. Pre-register them, so all you have to do is come and drop your kids off for a this week. Church starts at 6, WANA starts at 6.30. We'd love to have you get here. Amen. We will see you next time.